Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. <laughs> Welcome back to the RMP, guys. I'm Zachary, your host of this motherfucking podcast. I'm on Instagram at the Muscle Hamster, and we are here to question the mess, make some rebel actions, and start living life on our own terms so i am going to be officiating a friend's wedding tomorrow i don't think that he listens to this podcast so <laughs> i don't he he's not gonna have a clue what's coming but uh how's everyone today i hope you guys are training hard i trained this morning with a hangover and i know that maybe i shouldn't be you know allowing myself to, to, to get that crazy, but I had a good time last night. We had our rehearsal, uh, rehearsal dinner, and it was fantastic. But um, it, I'm trying to learn to endure when I don't want to do things. I'm trying to get good and disciplined at doing things when I don't want to do them because that is what creates consistency. That is what creates movement forward right i think that's for all of us but today is an awesome day because i got to interview another another motorcycle rider i know this isn't a typical thing that we go through but there is things in this episode with this amazing human that discusses kind of the mindset around something like this and it's very similar to the mindset that we need to use in so many other aspects of life uh, whether it be passions or or business or whatever it is and today I talked to a a writer named Brianna and her her Instagram handle is Brie underscore rides underscore she's a fantastic person she's super down to earth she's she's made this huge fantastic jump in uh in the Instagram world she has like a over 100,000 followers. But anyways, we talked about her going viral. We talked about the consistency and passion and fun and it takes to do this thing and, and always be posting and and this this new brand based around her writing. Um, getting out of your comfort zone, the difficulty of, of doing something new, especially something new like riding a motorcycle, um, the experiences being on a cageless rocket, you know, surrounded by 5,000, 10,000 pound vehicles that may or may not see you. Talked about bike awareness and mindset, uh, encouragement for new riders. That was kind of a big piece of it, and and why we ride, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a fantastic talk. I think this talk is definitely more for people that have a curiosity or a love for motorcycles, whether you're in it or not. And the talk overall was just informal and good and down to earth. And we kind of talked about the philosophical basis of doing something like this and what it takes to to do these things with with courage and to face fear uh there's a lot of fear based around things like this i have people constantly asking me about riding motorcycles and i i i know where people kind of get this you know fall in love with the idea of motorcycles but it's very hard to face that fear and become confident on the road just like it's hard to be confident in anything else that scares the fuck out of you so without any further ado, this is episode 109 with Brianna, a.k.a. Bree Rides. This motorcycle thing has uh, become quite the journey for you, it looks like. So tell everybody who you are, what you're doing, what you're after, 
So I'm Bree. Um, I live in Southeast Idaho, as we already talked about. Um, I just started doing social media like consistently and regularly since last, what was it, October, November-ish, somewhere around there is when I started posting motorcycle stuff, but I've had my bike since 2020. We'll get into why it took me so long to actually start riding, <laughs> but um, I am in school full-time. I'm uh, going for my bachelor's in medical lab science. Uh, right now I work in a lab drawing blood. So I pretty much, most of my background is in the medical field and with blood. That's kind of <laughs> been like my, my go-to job since mm-hmm. like 2017. So um, I do that. I'm also a barista too. I work oh, two wow, jobs. Okay. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> like Busy's I literally good. have no time to do anything ever. Um, but yeah, so I work those two jobs. I'm in school. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm an influencer, I guess you could say. Well, <laughs> and of. so I've, I've only been following you for a few months. Right. And, and, um, I was like, okay, she's got a 390. Her boyfriend's got like a 750. Just, I used to want a Jixer. Um, and I used to ride a, a Ninja a ZX6R. And I was like, okay, finally. Because I ride by myself. So I just, you know, um, I was like, oh, cool. People to ride with. And then we just recently figured out that Brie lives in Pocatello. So Sad. maybe not. Um, <laughs> but but I, did, I definitely, I follow a lot of bike stuff. Um, I, I love a lot of bike stuff. So I've been following for a few months. And it's like, your Instagram just exploded. Did you even expect for that to happen? Like what, did you have a plan for this or how did this, how did this come to be? Cause where are you at now? A little over a hundred thousand. Yeah. I think I'm at 118,000 right now. And literally the beginning of the summer, I maybe had like 10,000, if Mm -hmm. that maybe 5,000, like it literally just went from my friends and family watching my videos to the like ever like people from all over the world <laughs> watching my videos and it was it was almost surreal to me because yeah. i never expected ever for my video to get over a couple hundred views <laughs> like i'd go like when instagram first started doing reels i'd kind of like i got like obsessed with it I'm, i'd be like watching my views and i'm like oh i got two more how cool you know <laughs> and so i had no idea and i don't know what you know people always ask me they're like what's your secret like what'd you do to get there and i'm like i honestly have no idea like I think it was kind of the luck of the draw. Like, I think my first video to really go big was that one of me like sh- fake shifting on the bike. Like, I don't even know what, <laughs> like I was just doing it because I saw a couple other people do it. And I'm like, that looks cool. And then it got, it's at like 17 million. I don't even know what it's at now, but I'm like, why? Like, why did that video go viral versus the ones that I actually put thought and effort into? <laughs> like, yeah. it's so, I really think like when it comes to social media, like, most of the time, like the algorithm just picks a video, throws it out to people, it gets big. And then you just get followers that way. Then people realize, you know, you have to get people to notice you before they realize that you have potential and that your videos are actually like informative or, Oh, she's really funny. Or, Oh, I like her videos. Not, she's not just this person that made one video and that was it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do now is like prove that like kind of take it more seriously because before, like I was just posting videos, like in my living room, like in my garage, like just joking little skits that I thought were funny. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, I want to make, like, I want it to mean something to people. I want to make a difference in people's lives. And I'm not trying to like save the world or cure world hunger or something, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but I want to make an impact on 
people, you know, throughout the world, like even if it's just something small, like, like giving them advice on how to like find a motorcycle learning class or something like that. Like a lot of people have no idea where to start. Like I had no idea where to start. And so I want to be that, I don't know, like, I guess that inspiration to help people take that step Mm -hmm. to step out of their comfort zone and go take the class, go buy the bike, go just sit on a bike, like just do something that scares you because you might end up falling in love with it. Just like Mm -hmm. I did. No, I, I think that, so I, I want, I definitely want to give you some credit. I'm not, I kind of have a, a, you know, I, I kind of have a, of a love, um, or at least an interest in kind of philosophy, psychology, the, why we behave, why we do. Um, and there's a lot to be said for not knowing the Instagram algorithm and, you know, um, not knowing exactly what people pick up on, but I, I do know that there, there is there's authenticity that matters and there's fluidity that matters and there's, there's consistency that matters. And, and you definitely do that a lot. And I've, um, I've pushed a couple videos of yours to other people just because I think, cause I think you're fucking hilarious, but it, it's, it's really, it's very much you. So I think you, you know, you have to at least give yourself credit to that. Who knows? Like maybe for some reason your video got picked. I don't even know how the algorithm works, I but don't either. <laughs> But I, I think that there's something to be said for those times when you just want to connect, but there's a difference between doing it authentically and and doing it for for validation for something, right? I think a lot of us uh, probably struggle with that. So maybe there's some sort of power that came from when you started doing this just just for fun. So what is it that you think, because you definitely want to inspire people, but why was it the motorcycle thing? Was it just happenstance that it was, it was motorcycle based? Like you just found this new thing and you were just so excited about it or. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Like I, cause I got my bike and my boyfriend was teaching me how to ride and I absolutely hated it. Oh, <laughs> at really? first. Like, like I sucked at it. I was like, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get it going. I dropped it. Like I was so discouraged and I'm like, this sucks. Like this isn't fun. Like this is stressful. And like I had anxiety with driving and riding the bike. And so I'm like, this is causing me more stress than it is fun. So I'm done. And then literally one day I have no idea what it was, but I was like, I want to try again. Like mm. I, I want to ride the bike because I want to be that badass chick that rides bikes, you know, cause it, you know, I'd never seen chicks riding around in my area and I'm like, I want to be cool. Like I want to look like that. So literally one day I was like, I'm going to try again. And I just, I fell in love with it because I think I kind of pushed past that anxiety. I was like, I need to, I need to do this for myself because I'm not a quitter. Like once I start something, I want to be good at it. <laughs> and I want to be like, not the best necessarily, but, um, I want to, I just want to be good at it. So, um, so I started, you know, writing again. And then I just went on Instagram one day and just started looking up like other biker chicks because I wanted to get photos done with my bike. And that's when I found a bunch of different people. Like, I just, I literally went through the line and just started following like all the big biker chicks, like Sammy and Bren and Aya, like mm-hmm. all of them. Like I was just following all of them. And so Bren had posted a video of what was it? It was like two biker chicks looking at each other. And it was, I don't know, something goofy like that. And so I was like, I'm going to try to make a video. And so literally I made that one and I tagged her in it and she responded and I was like fangirling. I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, she noticed me. <laughs> How cool. <laughs> And I was like, that was fun. Like, 
I loved making that video. And so it literally just started out as me doing it because I thought it was fun. I was like, this is so much fun just to like get creative and make goofy skits in my garage with my bike. Like, and like you said, like the authenticity was there for sure, because I literally just made the videos because I thought they were fun. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I said before, I had no intention of getting a following of any sort. Like I, I was doing it for myself and to kind of take that recent passion and like share it with whoever is going to listen or watch. Like mm-hmm. it was just, I don't know. Like I just fell in love with the bike all of a sudden and I made it my entire personality, <laughs> like right off the bat. I'm like, this is me. I love riding. I want to share that. I love riding. I want to make all my videos about this bike. So that's pretty much how it started. <laughs> so what was it like getting to learn that for you? Were you, did you struggle? It's, you sound like you were a little stressed, you know, did you struggle with that? Like, did you, what were the things that went through your head? Did it have anything to do did it connect to the relationship with your boyfriend? Did it, you know, connect to, I mean, you already have this job, right? So, so it's this extra thing. What made you not want to quit? Did, did it have anything to do with, like, where did the image come from? I mean, to, to continue to do this. Um, I just don't, it's, that's so hard to answer. Like, I'm just trying to think back to like why I wanted, like what made me want to start writing again. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, you know, I don't like being a quitter. I don't like people seeing me and being like, oh, she failed. Like, like my boyfriend, for example, like he was like, well, I'll just sell the bike. Like we just should sell it because if you're not going to ride it, there's no point in having it. And I'm oh, like, so he was just kind of going with whatever you were feeling. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, if you don't want to ride it, like he never forced me or pressured me to ever ride. He was like, because I always was riding on the back of his bike. That's why we decided to get me my own was because I always wanted to ride on the back of the Jixer. Like every day after work, I'd be like, let's go riding. Like, let's go. (laughs) It was so fun. I loved it. And so I'm like, if I love riding on the back, I'll love riding my own, but it's completely different. (laughs) It's very different. Very different when you're the one actually controlling it. So yeah. So it was, you know, he encouraged me and he was the one that taught me, like he'd ride the bike up to a parking lot and I would drive my car and I would just do, try to do circles in this parking lot over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And then he'd be like, let's go out on the street. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ready to go on the street yet. And I was so insecure and like just scared. Like I didn't trust myself to go on the street. And I think that's why I had so such a hard time learning at first was because I was so scared and like, like I didn't trust myself. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough to be able to know how to, you know, manage the clutch and the throttle and the brake, like holding Mm -hmm. the bike up, steering, watching for cars, because there is a lot that goes into riding a bike on the street. You know, you have a lot of factors you have to watch out for. And so at the time I was like, I'm literally just too dumb. (laughs) I was like, I can't figure it out because I can't even drive a manual car. And like, I get so much hate for that from like my family and people like always cracking jokes. I'm like, I don't know how to drive a manual car. I still don't. I've never been exposed to them. So but so I was like, well, if I can't do that, I can't ride a bike. And so I just gave up. And then it just it kind of lingered in the back of my head. Like, why did you not even try that hard? You know, like I kind mm-hmm. of, I'm hard on myself, obviously with stuff like that. Like, like I said, like, don't want to be a failure. I don't want to let myself down. And so I think that's why I wanted to pick it back up. I was like, I need, I need to do it at least try again, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm like, it can't be that hard. I'm like, if all these girls online can do it, like, 
I have to be able, like so many people ride bikes, like there's no way that I can't figure it out. And so I would literally just take myself up to that same parking lot. And I was like, I would just do it, <laughs> ride circles over and over, stop and go, stop and go, trying to get that clutch and throttle relationship kind of in sync and, you know, for the bike. So I don't even know if I answered your question. I'm kind of just rambling at this point, but. Well, I, I was definitely wondering what kept you going, but there, there's something to be said for everything. I've noticed it in, in the things that I've tried to tackle. I've noticed it in, in um, things that other people try to tackle is there is like a gritty, disgusting style of like just regimen and consistency of doing these things just to get yourself to a point where you're confident enough to, to be okay with it. The hard work is not fun a lot of times. And like I said, like I've been riding since I was a kid, so I don't remember that. You know, I don't, I don't remember feeling that because it was so long ago, but I think that's what a lot of people have trouble with right now is like trying something new as an adult you live in this this great big world where there's there's a there's responsibility there's judgment there's bias there's opinion there's you know there's sarcasm skepticism all over the place um and it it almost seems harder to try in a bigger world because the childish part of you feels ridiculous trying to accomplish something new like this like you create excuses and you create reasons why it doesn't matter and um that's that's something that I, I think it's really important for people to know is like you went up consistently, not worried about anybody else, only worried about trying to 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 tackle this thing and just doing circles, you know, and, you know, the clutch in, clutch out. Like how many, how many times did you kill it? <laughs> Too many. I was actually worried that I was going to break the bike because of the <laughs> amount of times that I stalled it. And oh my God, like at my first time at a stoplight, killing it at a stoplight, I thought I was, I was like, the bike's not going to start. It's going to blow up. Someone's going to hit me. I'm going to die. <laughs> like, you know, the anxiety was so intense. Yeah, and I think, yeah. like you said, like the hardest part is fighting against yourself. And like that fear of doing something like that mm -hmm. is the hardest part because you literally, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be scared. You know, I mean, like, it's, you know, whoever says they weren't scared or, you know, nervous the first time they rode on the street is, has to be lying. <laughs> like there's always some part of you that's like scared because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, mm -hmm. you know, what's, so what was that like for you getting out there the first time? Did you, did you go by yourself or did you go with your boyfriend? <laughs> no. Or? no, I was with him. He rode his bike okay. next to me. He would usually ride kind of behind me. So mm -hmm. if I did kill it, he would be behind me. And so people wouldn't try to, I don't know, run me off the road or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So he was with me and like, we would both have our intercoms on and like, we'd be talking on the phone. And so I'd kill it and I would just start like panicking, you know, like, oh my God, I <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, turn the bike on. <laughs> he's like, turn the bike back on. And I'm like, which button? <laughs> I was Brie. a mess. I was literally the most. Ugh. And like, even he, like, he started to get to the point where he was like, are you okay? Like, are, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, yes, I do. Like, I have to do this. And like, I mean, I don't think, I don't want to say he was giving up on me necessarily, but he, he didn't like seeing me so stressed out and yeah. so scared. He's like, you can't be like that when you're riding because it, it could be dangerous. You know, if you aren't, you have to be quick on your feet. You have to have quick reactions, be able to plan out, you know, if something's going to happen. And if I'm just sitting there panicking at a stoplight, like that's not good. So he was kind of nervous for me. <laughs> I think I made him more nervous, but it was, yeah, it was scary, but I feel like it's kind of like a bandaid. Like once you do it, it's, 
you did it. Like you did it. You wrote on the first, you're, you know, you wrote out on the road for the first time. You did it. It should all be smooth from here. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I told myself. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still you gotta lie a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of, and that was another thing. Like I kind of faked my confidence with myself. Like when I finally did decide to go back to writing, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be good at this. Like I'm going to have no problems. Like writing is easy. Like I was literally trying to trick my brain into thinking I've got this. Like I've rode the bike before I cannot kill it. And if I do like, here's the on switch, you know? So I think, yeah, I kind of had to trick myself a little bit into not being as scared. <laughs> I guess it sounds so dumb when I say it out loud, like, cause people ask me, they're like, how did you get over your fear? And I'm like, I didn't like, I, I didn't really get over it. I kind of just fought through it. Mm-hmm. Like it was never not there when I was first starting. And even now, like even some days, like I get a little nervous. Like I killed it the other day for the first time in months. And I was like, are you kidding me? But still like there was cars behind me. And so I was like, oh no, but my bike's been having some issues. So it actually did have trouble starting. <laughs> and so I was like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, that's, and I think that's part of why I like your story. I, obviously I'm biased because I'm also a writer. Um, but, but something that, that is just so important is, is, is that ability to be disciplined through it and not forget that like, it's never going to be perfect. If I killed mine yesterday, I killed mine yesterday. I had to stop. And I've been doing this for a long time. And it's, it's because I, I only use two fingers on my clutch. And so I don't pull it in as far. And so it's, it's not easy as the easy for the bike to shift. So it's easy for me to, to get stuck in first anyway. So the things constantly happen. Like it's, it's a constant thing. And people, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's motorcycles or not, like you just have to know that it's gonna, it's gonna suck. And facing the fear is, it doesn't, you get comfortable and things become more automatic. But if you stop fearing, in my opinion, then you also stop being aware, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, out on the street. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. And what have the things like been for you? What is it like for you riding out on the street compared to driving in your car? Because I know for me, it's, it's a totally different experience. It's part of something I love doing. Um, so what is, what is riding for you when you're out there? What makes you keep doing this thing? It's dangerous. Like you could die. It is. It is dangerous. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is kind of, I don't know. I like, I want to say the adrenaline of it, but Mm. like just riding like to school and back, I don't really get that adrenaline feeling like I used to just because like, like you said, like you just kind of get more automatic, you get more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I just see it now, like, Oh, I'm just riding to school. But like, if you know, but then like I ride or I drive my car and I'm like, man, I miss riding. Like, it just feels like, like not easier, I guess, but just more it just makes me happier. I don't even know mm-hmm. how to explain it. Like it's I tough. would rather be, I would rather ride my bike, even though I know the risks are there and it's more dangerous and you know, the wind sucks. <laughs> There's a lot of wind here. So I'm like, <laughs> why do I do this? Like, why do I want to ride against the wind? What is wrong with me? But I just, it's so hard to explain. I just, I love doing it. I love, you know, feeling, I don't, it's just so hard to explain. Like I should have thought about this question beforehand, but oh no, you're good. Well, I think that's part of the beauty of it. No, I think that's part of the beauty of it. Is is it's like how do you explain love? Right. Like how do can you technically explain love? I 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just one of those feelings that you really can't always put into words. Like you can try, but you'll never mm-hmm. be able to get the full extent of how you feel out into words. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and that's definitely how I feel about the bike. Like, I mean, it's more dangerous. So I guess sometimes it's more fun because it's like exciting. Like, like, Oh, what's going to happen? You know, it's not like I'm expecting yeah. someone to hit me or anything. Yeah. Like that's not what we want, but I don't know. Yeah. It just, it's so hard to explain. And I mean, you understand that as a biker yourself, like it's so hard to explain that, that feeling you get when you ride and when you're on the bike, like I just feel like a completely different person when I'm on my bike versus in my car, you know, it makes me feel more unique. It makes me feel kind of more confident and like more, I don't know, energetic, I guess Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, because it does like you're using your muscles when you ride. Right. And so it's kind of like a workout. Like you get that, that, what is that boost of serotonin or something in your brain when you work out? I feel like it's kind of the same thing with riding. Like you kind of get that boost and like I get to school and I'm like, I feel really good. Like, Oh, I've got to ride my bike and I get to ride it back home afterwards. Like, <laughs> but in my car, like you don't get that driving in a car. You're like, yeah. Oh, I just have to drive home, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just a completely different feeling there. There's something about it for sure. Um, I, I've had a little bit of trouble with it myself it was like, do I just feel like I'm better than other people or, yeah, you know, I, I have issues with, with being obnoxious or, you know, ma- making myself superficial. So I try, I think about these things way too much, I but, you too. know, I step off my bike and I'm like, am I just trying to be cool? Like, just stop, like whatever your posture or whatever, just, you just rode your bike, but there is something about getting on it, about getting off of it, about, <laughs> going through traffic with a motorcycle that I think most people miss out on. And I don't expect everybody to ride. I don't expect everybody to love it. I think um, you definitely have to have the right character for it and you have to have the right confidence for it. But there's something that most people don't experience. And I think I think that's part of it that I really love is that mm-hmm. I get to experience even in the face of danger. Like I don't even have to be a really intense, risky rider. Anything can happen at any time. And I feel, I don't know, I guess almost powerful knowing that I'm willing to take that on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know. I think that's important in every, at least to some aspect for everybody out there is to do something that maybe not is, is life-threatening, but is risky, is, it, mm-hmm. you know, put you on an edge to make you feel a little alive. You know, mm-hmm. and if that's motorcycles for us, that's motorcycles for us. I'm sure you and your boyfriend can probably both agree. It's like, it's just something that not everybody gets to do. And even more so when too, too many people are scared to do. So, so what are the, what, are, how many good stories do you have about, about being on the street yet? Like, do you have any good stuff yet? <laughs> um, I mean, what do you mean by good stories? Like, well, like so calls or like, for example, <laughs> Um, we were talking about this before I, I had the, the 390 Duke and I put mine down in February, um, hit a patch of sand. The, the thing is like, it was the first day out that it was warm enough to ride. I think it was like yeah. 58 degrees or 68 degrees or 60 degrees or something like that. And I was just excited to be out on my bike and I was going through, um, a roundabout and I split both of the lanes and that's the worst spot to be because that's where everything's going to accumulate. Mm-hmm. And I hit a batch of sand and it was like, it didn't even, my tire didn't even catch a whole bike just came out from under me. And, uh, it's, you know, I just slid into the curb and smacked the curb 
And uh, I mean, that was that was actually the second time I put it put it down. But I'm hoping I'm hoping you haven't had anything that bad, right? But mm-hmm. uh, have you had any crazy stories or have you had any good trips yet on the bike? Because this is basically your first summer, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like my first full summer riding. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, last year, like I didn't really start riding the bike until like August ish mm-hmm. is when I went back to learning, like relearning. So I'm like, I'm still a pretty new rider. I mean, technically one whole year as of last month as like, you know, consistently riding. I mean, obviously not in the winter time because our winters here are horrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, <I'm> sure. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I've laid my bike, I've laid my bike down one time on the street, but I wasn't moving. Um, mm. I, was riding with my boyfriend. We did, um, I don't know if you know where income is, but we kind of just did like this loop, like a back road. Um, it's it's just like a circle through, um, like some mountains. It's really pretty and there's not a lot of traffic. And so he thought it was a good idea to take me out there because there's not a lot of traffic. And that's what gave me the anxiety was other people around me. Um, and so we did that loop and he was doing something with his hand. Like he, if you're not on the phone with him, like I cannot, understand what he's trying to tell me he sucks at hand signals so I just see him going like this and I was like do you want me to turn and so I turned off on like this little gravel road and at the time I didn't realize gravel plus bikes is a horrible combination you know because I had only driven my car through gravel and I'm a jeep so I'm like gravel's not my enemy and so we stopped and literally the second we stopped I put my foot down and it slipped on the gravel and I just tipped over yeah and it was like the bike was on top of my leg. And I mean, those bikes weigh like nothing. So I just kind of pushed it out of my, like got away from it. And he's all panicked, you know, and people are stopping asking if we're okay. And I was like, yeah. what's the big deal? Like, I didn't realize it was such a big deal for someone to lay their bike down. You know, I mean, it could total your bike laying it down one time. So yeah. I never realized yeah. like how bad it is to lay it down, but it hurt my ego for sure. It was extremely oh. embarrassing <laughs> to lay it down, especially I was literally just standing there and I'm like, God, how dumb do I have to be to do that? But, but I feel like it's part of the learning process. I feel like everyone has dropped their bike at least once, whether it's while moving, which is like the worst case scenario, or if you're literally just standing on it and you lose your balance. Like that's why I, I swear up and down by my frame sliders. I love them and they've protected my bike all the times that I've dropped it. It has minimized the damage to it. But like, I really don't have any crazy stories. Like I'm a very cautious rider and I ride, I try to avoid, I still try to avoid traffic when I'm riding just because I really don't trust people like Mm -hmm. other, like cagers, other drivers. Like I always expect them to hit me. And I think that's why I am a good rider is because I'm so defensive and I'm so aware of all the cars around me all the time. And I've got some videos on TikToks, TikTok of people almost hitting me. And like, I mean, so that's as close as it's gotten for me. I've never... I haven't crash crashed, I guess, actually. Yeah. A couple, couple weekends ago, I was going to post about it. And then I decided not to, because I oh. knew it was going to get a lot of hate. Um, <laughs> I was going through a corner way too fast. I got way too confident on that thing. And there was a pothole. Um, I don't know how big it was. Ooh. I couldn't see it. I even looked back at my footage and you can't even see the pothole before or after I hit it. And it was kind of dim, like it was dark out. So, you know, I've got the bike leaned over probably way too far. Like I was not using good techniques with my leaning and I hit this pothole and it completely scraped the hole underneath of my bike. Like completely. Like I didn't realize it had scraped until I looked at it and there's just like a black line. So if I would have been leaning a little bit more, I probably would have wiped out. Like it probably would have caught my tire 
and thrown me off the bike. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, Ooh. I forgot that happened. I try to block that out. <laughs> it's <laughs> that embarrassing. I'm like, <laughs> I know that never happened because I didn't <laughs> post about it. It didn't happen. Um, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. technically, right. If there's no, if there's no yeah, video, there's no evidence. Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was bad, but not bad. I luckily I didn't crash. I'm very grateful for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's something about that for sure. Um, I've had a lot of close calls and I, I say that I've avoided things because I'm paranoid, purposely paranoid, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Me too. just assume what other people are going to do. I, you know, there's a, you know, there's always that big feud between cars and motorcycles. Like they just hate each other. Right. And I'm kind of like, you know what the, f- the reality of it is, is that regardless of whose fault it is, I'm the one that's going to get messed up. Mm-hmm. So if I'm paranoid and I'm watching out, it could be on purpose by them or it could be by accident by them. 99% of the time it's going to be by accident. But if I assume that they don't see me, I'm probably better off. You know, if I just am, am always trying to see the whites of people's eyes, if I'm trying to, I have this thing where if there's a car waiting to pull out on, on a highway or something like that, I'll watch their tires for movement because it's like the first quickest thing that you can pick up on. Mm-hmm. in my opinion and like i've avoided a bunch of things and i just think that you know when you ride like that it, it doesn't have to do with how smart cars are it's or you know how aware they are and how how stupid they must be because they don't see you you know they're not looking for motorcycles it's how aware are you like how much are you paying attention on this death machine where you have no cage the bet your best case scenario scenario is having helmet and leathers you know, like we we're talking about before, it's it's a lot of risk. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot, and I think you're better off not expecting people to see you, and you know, taking control yourself. So, yeah, um, I, I think that's something that we probably share, and it's it's a really smart move, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's like one of the most important parts with writing is, like I always tell people, I'm like, assume that they don't see you and that they're going to hit you, because that is the only way. Because if you can assume and expect it beforehand you're going to have a lot more time to react if it does happen um like in the videos where you know that i've gotten before on my old get a little gopro that i used to have but people would you know they don't check their blind spot that they're coming over if i'm driving next to a car and i'm going through their blind spot i'm assuming that they're at some point they're going to come over and try to hit me and so Mm -hmm. i kind of will kind of shift my lane position a little bit and every time that i've done that it's saved me from getting hit like every time that I'm like, "Mm, this looks suspicious. Like, and like you said, like you have to be a defensive, not, you don't have to ride aggressively. Um, but you definitely need to be like hyper aware, like over, overreact a little bit, like over assume like, Oh, they're going to hit me. They're going to hit me. You know, you have to ride like that in order to protect yourself. Because like you said, like you don't have a cage around you. And so those people don't have as much to worry about if they get hit, like they're probably not going to get, they're not going to get hurt if I hit them on my bike. I'm going to get hurt. Like you no said matter before. What. Yeah. So like when you're writing and you're, you know, assuming everyone's out to get you, it doesn't mean that they are, but it just means that you're protecting yourself and you care about your life enough to, to defend yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, if that makes sense. So I think we're definitely on the same page with that for sure that you have to be hyper aware of your surroundings when you ride at all times. Well, I mean, we could ride around with like the Harley riders and have that. What's that? that thing that they have that they hang on oh, like the their... whip like the yeah whip. oh I don't my know god what that's called, but i know yeah basically it's for anybody that doesn't know it's like this braided 
rope that has a steel ball on the end of it. And I've only ever seen Harley riders with this. Um, but if something disruptive or happens to a bike, they get close call or, or they get in an art or I don't know, a, a, a signing argument with a car, the guys will literally take this thing and whip windshields or just vehicles, whatever with this steel ball. And I've seen videos of it. It is nuts. It is crazy. But most of the time it opens it up to like this feud, like the car tries to run them over. Worst idea ever, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I know it's like a defense system for motorcycle, but I don't know how far you're going to get, bro. Like 10,000 pound truck is still going <laughs> to, it's still going to take you out. But, uh, um, how do you, how do you view drivers out there then? Like, do you have a weird view on other vehicles, you know, or are you pretty neutral about it? Um, I definitely think that when I'm on my bike, I do feel a little more like not really hate, but like I get mad at cars for not seeing me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I shouldn't get mad because like, I mean, I I don't know if you or anyone else has ever seen that video of that guy holding the pen and there's a bike driving, like coming up behind him and you can't see this bike until he's probably 10 feet away. Mm -hmm. Like he's literally behind the pen, like riding down the road and you don't see him. And so I don't really think, I mean, definitely people need to be more aware when they're driving, but I don't think it's always that hard to not see us because, you know, if you're not wearing bright colors, if you're on a, like a black bike and you're at night, I mean, it's, it's harder to see them. Is that you? That's <laughs> I mean, me. me too. I wear, I wear all black too. The only orange I have is my bike and my visor, but in my gloves, but like, I don't, I don't know. I can see it both ways, I guess. Like I, I'm neutral, but I'm not like when I'm riding and cars almost pull out in front of me, like I, I get mad, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, they, they obviously stopped. They saw me. Thank you for seeing me. And so I'll kind of in my head be like, thank you for seeing me. But like, why did you almost hit me? You know? Mm -hmm. But then like, if I'm driving and like, I've had motorcycles, like cut me off and be like really aggressive with me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what am I? I'm just driving. Yeah. So I definitely think like you said, like there is like that feud with bikes and cars, like, like we're supposed to hate cagers and cagers are out to kill us. Like, (laughs) but you really have to, I don't know. I don't hate people. And so I try, I'm a very open-minded person and I try to put myself in other people's shoes. And so Mm -hmm. I try to put myself in that driver's shoes. Like no one, like almost no one is going to purposely try to hurt you. Like, obviously there are road rage incidents. I've seen plenty of that in my life, plus on social media and it's scary. So there are some people out there that just genuinely hate bikers and I think they hate them because they're jealous in a way. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Like, like they're mad because, oh, they're going fast. Like they're lane splitting, like in California, <laughs> like it's completely legal to lane split, but people get so mad when they lane split. And it's like, why? Like my bike is not affecting your life at all. Mm-hmm. But I think they're mad because they, they are like not able to do that, I guess. I don't, that doesn't make sense, does it? No, it, <laughs> it fucking does. And I've never said that out loud. But that's kind of that's kind of how I feel, and I like it makes us sound entitled, right? Like we're not. A little like bit. I don't. Yeah. Think, like when I'm on my bike, I'm like, oh, I'm not. I, I'm better than you. Like I don't think yeah. that, but I definitely can get through traffic much faster on my bike than I oh, could yeah. a car, no, which is I nice. But there's... it doesn't affect other people, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, no, I, I I think that I agree with you. I've never asked any of the ride of that. I just. I kind of keep to myself, but 
uh, yeah, I, I, I know that I'm like, you know what? I'm, I make an excuse for it. I'm like, I'm the one that's on a death machine. I'm way smaller than you. I should get the right to, you know, to move faster than you and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not be an asshole and weave in and out of traffic, but I'm going to squeeze into spots if I can. You know, I, I obey the, the boy, the, you know, the Idaho laws, like California is the only one that allows lane spitting from what I understand. Um, but, uh, yeah, it like, I'm taking on more risks. So I just assume that I can take advantage of what I have, you know, mm-hmm. power to weight ratio. Like I'm way faster than you. And, you know, that's going to be the, also the very thing that keeps me from getting hurt too, is, is mm-hmm. veering out of bad situations. No, I, totally agree i'm at least i'm glad there's at least one person out there we could probably ask fifty thousand motorcyclists and they probably say the same thing but uh uh, yeah i i I honestly take it on as like i kind of get a little bit of a right to do that yeah right because we are so much smaller like we really don't take up a lot of space in traffic i mean there's no bumper to bumper traffic here Mm -hmm. but i've seen it and like even in states where it's not legal to lane split which i think it should be legal everywhere I'm one of those. I'm a pro lane splitting person Ooh. because I I do agree that it's that's quite the stand. Significantly safer. I know. Well, I've I rode in California this summer and I got to lane split and I was like, it changed my life. <laughs> like I'm so mad that you can't lane split here. And there's even been times where I'm like, you know, traffic's backed up and there's like a big or like a bike lane and I'm like could I go in that bike lane? I'm technically a bike. <laughs> like, could I just <laughs> kind of go for it? But but it would be dangerous here, I think, because the cars, like, oh my gosh, the cars in California were so nice. Like, they literally they move out of the way for bikes. Like, they understand, like, it's against the law to try to kill someone and try to run people off the road. And, like, I see people comment on my friends who live there. Like, they post videos of them lane splitting. People are like, oh, I'd open my door on you. And it's like, well, that's illegal. That is literally assault. You're trying to hurt someone. And so, but no one there. Like, when I was there, like, cars would literally kind of, like, veer off to the side a little bit to give you room. Whereas if I did that here in Idaho, someone probably could door me and it would probably be my fault because I was doing something illegal to begin with. Well, we should team up about this. So I, <laughs> um, uh, in 2018, I, I had bought an adventure bike because I had impulsively, like I just bought all the stuff all at once to do a around the country trip. And um, it was a blur. Like I remember some of the best moments, but Jesus, I was out for 27 days and I, there's just so much, so much writing. Right. But I got to California and I knew that I wanted to try to lane split, but I was scared to like, I had this big adventure bike. I had a pack on my tank. I had a pack. I had panniers on the, on the side. Like it was wide and it was heavy. Uh, I think stock is like a 460 pound bike. And so I had probably another 80 or hundred pounds on there. And, um, and I was pretty hesitant about it and then you know i saw motorcycles just passing me and just like waving lane lane spitting you know and then i saw a cop do it and i was like a cop on a motorcycle i was like oh my god okay i'm done and so i started doing it and you're so right it's like everybody's i don't think anybody uses their side view mirrors probably more than people in california because Mm -hmm. they part like the red sea and i've told Mm -hmm. people this and and i'm like they're i know people don't like california drivers or whatever but I think they're more aware than anybody because they have these motorcycles to the side of them at all times. Mm-hmm. And they probably don't want a mirror knocked off and you just take off because you're not going to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was so cool. Cause they just, they just, they just moved. It was the coolest thing. Um, here's, here's, here's the rebuttal though. Um, is it the right word? I think so. I also agree that it, it should become 
more of a thing in other states. But what I'm scared of is that as it becomes a new law, who will know about that law and who like how many motorcycles are going to have to get fucked up and how many you know people would potentially have to die for that to be for it to be a new awareness that everybody understands. That's mm-hmm. that's honestly what I'm scared of because I do think that it is safer. I think that one of the things for me the most that bothers me the most is I don't like coming up to a stop sign and knowing that there's potential for somebody to not be aware and, and sandwich me between them and the car in front of me. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I don't like that. I think about that all the time. So I'm always looking in my rearview mirror. Um so so what do you think that that would take to try to change it? You know, that's a hard one for sure, because I do agree that like not a lot of people are going to know about it. You know, I mean, because new laws are going in place all the time and not unless you like research it or unless it's thrown in your face, you're probably not going to know about it. Or if Mm -hmm. it doesn't directly affect you, you don't care. And so people that don't ride aren't going to care about lane splitting. They're not going to, you know, be looking into it like the rest, like most of us do. Like, I mean, I'm not every day looking up to see if it's legal or anything, but I do think (laughs) there are a lot of benefits to it and it's definitely safer for us in the long run. But I do think that there could potentially be a lot more road rage accidents mm-hmm. happening because I mean, that's already happening. Like in Utah, like people are everywhere. Like people are pulling guns on motorcyclists, <laughs> which I just blows my mind why you would ever do that to anyone in general. But um, where was I going with that? Whether yeah, there should so, be a thing here. Yeah. I do think that, it would be more beneficial in the long run, but I do think that motorcyclists would have to be more like they need to understand that not everyone's going to know what, you know, not everyone mm-hmm. is going to know that, you know, it's illegal for them to open their door on you when you're driving by. And so they definitely would have to be more aware and more cautious when lane splitting, like not as, you know, everyone in California is comfortable lane splitting. Like they just do it, you know, knowing that most cars are going to understand. But if, if I just did that here, people would be like, what, what is she doing? Like, what the fuck? And yeah. so they might get mad and, you know, a road rage accident might happen. So I do think that there might, there is more of a risk with it starting out, but I think as long as other riders are aware that there's more of a risk and that they need to be patient with the drivers that don't know, which, I mean, that's hard to say, you know, be patient with people. Cause like you said, like we kind of get like this sense of like, Oh, I'm small, you know, Mm-hmm. You need to watch out for me. So, yeah, I just think people will just need to be more aware in general when they're riding, especially if a law like that was to be implemented. They would definitely need to just be more aware that not everyone is, not everyone knows that it's legal. So, and then maybe yeah. even like, you know, if you do have, you know, followers on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, like, and it was legal in your state, like, post about it, you know, post it, have your friend share it. Hey, this is a new law. Because I mean, I feel like word spreads so fast on social media yeah, that you monster. could, yeah. And like if, if major news sources, I mean, I live in such a small town that like, there's like three news sources. Like if they posted about it, pretty much almost everyone would probably already know about it. But I mean, in some of the bigger States or like more populated States, it mm-hmm. might be a little harder to get the word across, but yeah, I just think just ride cautiously still. I assume, assume that the the drivers don't know that you're legally lane splitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> I did want to go over this with you a little bit and we kind of touched on a little um, because you're pretty new to this world and you seem to be handling it fantastic. I mean, obviously I can't see how scared you are times you are scared and times you mess up, but 
I, I wanted anybody that, cause I've had so many people ask me, like people ask me about writing all the time. And my, my input is always, if you really want to ride, just know that it's important for you to be confident on that motorcycle. Obviously getting mm-hmm. to start, like it's hard, like, you know, you're, you're, you're overthinking a lot probably, and you mess up a lot, but you have to know that you're allowed the space on the road. Like you have to be a confident rider so you can be aware and you can watch out and you can pay attention to things. And I think a lot of people just like the idea of a motorcycle and the, you know, the, the excitement of it, um, and have a hard time encompassing the completeness of what it means to be a rider and, and, and to take that on. Um, and like I said, it's easier for me cause I just been riding for so long. Um, so what do you, what would you want beginner riders to know the most, you know, is it, is it tactics? Is it, is it, you know, um, getting to know the bike? Like, what do you think is the most important to, to get other people to want to ride, to like enjoy this thing and not be so scared of it? Um, I definitely agree that confidence is one of the biggest things that you need when you're riding, because if you aren't confident, like you said, you're going to be overthinking, you're going to be second guessing yourself. And, you know, in cases of emergencies, like you don't have time to be second guessing yourself and like panicking, like you need to, you need to figure out where you're going, what you're doing and just do it. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be kind of on your toes when you're riding. And I think not a lot of people understand that it does take a lot. In my opinion, it takes a lot of mental strength to be able to ride safely. And I do agree. Like I know some people that have bought bikes because, Oh, bikes are badass. Like I want to look cool. I would look so cool on a bike. And then they're, they're riding it because they like the attention and they like the way that they look on it, which I don't think there's a problem with that, but you need to, you need to realize that there's so much more to riding than just looking cool. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's so much that goes into it and, you know, everyone says, Oh, riding's easy. It's so easy to get started, but it's not, everyone is so different. And from my experience talking to people online, a lot of people have a hard time getting that confidence on bikes. Like they're, they're scared, which they have every right to be scared. It's riding can be scary. It's a dangerous sport. And that's, I think that's why it's so exciting. And it's so desirable by a lot of us is because it's dangerous. And, and we are kind of adrenaline junkies sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we like, we like that sense of danger almost. And so not a lot of people realize that about riding is that it is dangerous. And as long as you can understand that it's dangerous it's every time you go out on the bike, there's a chance you won't come home. Like it's, it's dangerous. And so I'm like, there's no other word for it. It's dangerous. <laughs> Have we done something? To say it that? is it literally. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm really good at lingering off topic, but Anything yeah. So for new riders. For new, yeah. <clears throat> so for new riders, I think the most important thing for you to know is you need to respect the power of your bike. You need to be able to, almost like if you aren't hundred percent confident, don't go onto busy roads. Like you can, you can take baby steps and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, you can start out in a parking lot and then maybe go from a parking lot to like, you know, a, a street near your house, like a street that you're comfortable with a street that, you know, you know, ride right in the morning time when there's not a lot of traffic, like you can take baby steps and there's nothing like everybody learns to ride at different paces. And I think that's a huge thing that people don't talk about like on social media. Like people are like, Oh, I started on a Gixxer 1000. Like, 
it's mm-hmm. writing is the easiest thing in the whole world. Like you'll have no problems because I didn't have any problems. So it's okay to go at your own pace with writing and it's okay to be scared of it. Like if it's not for you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's, or maybe take a break from it. Like I did, like take a break and take time to figure out if it's something that you really want to do and then come back to it later. Like there's, you should never feel pressured to ride a bike because you should only be riding for yourself. Um, and so I think that's why I don't like that people ride just for looks, you know, it's, it's more dangerous because you don't, you don't respect and you don't understand the power and the severity of riding, like the dangerous aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Did I even answer your question or am I just, no, I, like, I think it's good. Because I think, no, I think the mental part is super important. Obviously, yeah, you know, we, we can get into, you know, how to ride, you know, I think a lot of people are scared of the clutch thing, uh, the, yeah. the manual thing. And, but I think the mentality is a good start. I think making sure that you understand what it takes to be out there and what you should be, what you should be after is super important. Like the guy on the Jixer, on the Jixer 1000, he could have a history of 10 years of riding dirt bikes. Like I do, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it may be easy for him to jump on that bike. He also might be six foot because I kind of think that I look cool in a murdered out KTM Duke 790, but. I'm five three, and so I can only touch my toes. And so when I have to back up my bike, it's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and so I look ridiculous. Um, so I, I think it, I think it's important to love riding for riding. I think the mentality is is probably the best place to start. And doesn't mean you can't learn to love riding. Like, um, I've always thought bikes were cool, dirt bikes, street bikes. I've always thought they were cool. Um, but I've always wanted to ride them because I enjoy them. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you do get a lot of looks. I actually got probably more looks on my, on my, Duke, on my 390 Duke than on my 790. Cause it was, it was colored just like yours, white mm-hmm. and orange and super flashy. Um, so you get a, and there's not a whole lot of KTMs around. There's, there's not many, there's probably more of the adventures than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, but no, I think the, the mentality is probably the best place to start. I think you're on track with that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there anything anything you that that would help with people's not knowing of motorcycles you know i know i've seen you do a lot of videos of you know the clutch work and you know shifter and you know you've done a lot of little things like telling people how these things work on the motorcycle do you think that any of that's important first thing um i definitely think that that's i mean that's obviously what makes the bike stop and go is the clutch and the throttle and the brakes and the shifter like if you don't know how to use those, you're not gonna be able to ride unless you get it like an automatic bike. I don't, I don't really know how those work. <laughs> you just, you just go, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> kind of weird to me. Those in the electric bikes. I'm like, what the heck? right. You see those electric different... bikes are going like 40 miles an hour and they're pedaling still. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you just get a motorcycle. <laughs> I know. Um, what was your question? <laughs> well, it, just anything, just anything to encompass, help new riders feel good about it. I think, I think riding is a super cool thing. Um, I think it's 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 a super amazing experience. You know, if you're not really a person that travels a lot, like people love to travel, and it's one of those those things like you can't experience unless you go out and travel. But to a small degree, I think motorcycle riding is kind of like that. It's like that thing that mm-hmm. not everybody else does that can be super fun and could be super satisfying, and you know, could be a super great life experience if you're willing to try it. You know, and so yeah. I've always. I don't, 
I don't post on my media about my bike. Um, and so that's part of like what I, I was wanting to ask you a little bit is like, what do you think the best way, how do we get more people to be okay with this, to enjoy it, to, to, to understand it, you know, to, to want to try to do it. Um, anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Cause I mean, you get to, I, look, I mean, I, you get to wear super cool gear. Yeah. Helmets. You, everyone looks good in a helmet, man. No one True. can see your ugly face when you're in a helmet. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what you look like. It's like a mystery, you know, <laughs> that's like the best part. That's the only uh, part, so. uh, No one can no. tell that you're ugly. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I love it. Um, because everyone looks hot in a helmet. Right. And like, oh, we, all totally. think we, look, yeah. we all think we look so good in our helmets. Oh, yeah. Like we're I like, love, I love flipping my flipping because I have the dark visor underneath. Uh-huh. So I love flipping that thing and like thinking nobody can see me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's tinted. Like I'm behind my tinted window and my yeah. bike. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that, that is a cool thing is the overpriced expensive gear, oh, <laughs> but Jesus. Yeah. we love it. There's, that's another thing people don't think about when I want to ride a bike. Cause I'm like, it's not a cheap sport at all. Um, but no, I think, I mean, your question is basically like how to get people to, to ride basically. Right. Is yeah. what asking me? Like, I mean, if you, want to do it. Like I talk to a lot of people that are like, I want to ride. Like I love seeing motorcycles. Like I love, they just, they love the look of them, which is how I was too. I was like, bikes are cool. Like we all, you know, everyone, almost everyone as a kid is like, wow, bikes are cool. You know, mostly dudes, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but You're just as I, badass. I, oh yeah. Um, but no, I think people need to like if they want to, I don't know. It's, it's easy to say, if you want to do it, do it. But it, I mean, yeah. there's so much that goes into it, especially, I mean, I talked to a lot of people that asked me, like they messaged me, like I used to get DMS every day. Like, how do I start writing? Like, what's my yeah. step? What do You're I do? You're obviously inspiring people to do it. Well, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> In a way. I don't right? think that I am until people message me and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't realize people actually cared enough to reach out to me, you know? And I posted some videos that are like, reach out to me if you want to learn, but so people thought that I was like teaching people how to ride. And I'm like, I'd love to do that, but I'm not at a place where I feel like I am good enough to teach people how to ride, but it doesn't mean that I can't give them tips on how to get started riding. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's like the biggest part is like getting started, like taking that first step to start riding. And I think, um, definitely like researching, um, motorcycles is like a big, would, would be a big help, like kind of research, like what kind of bike? Like, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's so many different types of bike. Like, do you want a dirt bike? Do you want a Harley? Do you want a, you know, a bullet bike? Do you want, you know, a, an adventure? Like, what do you, a dual sport? Like there's so many different types of bikes that you could mm-hmm. get. People need to research, like what kind of riding are you planning on doing? Do you want to do off-roading? Do you want to do road trips? Do you want to just a daily rider to work or school or back? Like, what do you want? Because there's so many different types of riding. Like, do you want to be a race racer because you can get a race bike too, you know, take it out on the track. So I think the first step for people is definitely to figure out what kind of rider they want to be. And even and if they don't know, know, I mean, yeah, kind of figure out what you want to do. And even if you don't know right away, like, I mean, that's okay. I think your first step is to just learn, which is why like I push the motorcycle safety foundation courses a lot in my mm. videos. Like I am a firm believer. I mean, no one, no one I know has taken that course. Like no one that I know around me has a motorcycle license. I mean, most people do, but we won't say, we won't say who doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to try to incriminate anyone, but I know a lot of people that don't have their licenses they because they don't on. care. 
they just jump on. They've been writing, you know, they've been writing for so long. They're like, what's the point? I'm like, well, because the law, but I mean, yeah. I'm a law abiding citizen over here. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I definitely think that taking a course would definitely help people realize. And it's, I feel like it's an easier way for them to realize whether or not they want to ride. I mean, it's, it can be expensive. So, I mean, like if you have friends that are willing to let you try out a bike, like more power to you, that's amazing. But I think taking the course will let you decide whether or not it's something that you really want to do. Cause most of these courses, like they offer bikes, um, some even offer gear. I think like they'll offer helmets and gloves. Um, I think it just depends on your area. Um, and so if you can't, you know, necessarily afford a bike, I mean, cause it, like I said, it's so expensive. And so even if you can't afford the bike and the gear and all of that, you should still have the chance to try it out. I mean, mm. you can even rent bikes. I think, I mean, I don't know what the criteria is to rent bikes. You might need a, a license for it. I don't Probably know, but definitely need an endorsement. Yeah. So, or an endorsement, I keep saying license. I mean, endorsement, I know what but you mean. it depends on the country. I think different <clears throat> countries have different rules with, with getting those. So um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm sorry. I'm just rambling. No, no, <laughs> you're, you're answering questions. You're, 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 you're good at this. Uh, it, it's, it's more or less just trying to get your viewpoint. You know, I think it's, I think it's important that people know these little things. Like you get so sucked into, to the idea of the motorcycle that you don't think about the, the little things, you know, like what style of riding do you want to do? Like what, what do you think is a good start for you? Um, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to practice it? I, does anybody even think about the practice of riding a motorcycle before no. they actually get on one, you know? know? Um, so I think it's good for people to hear this. I think it's good for anybody that wants to learn how to ride, to know these little things. Now I might, because you are a 390 fan, I probably going to step on your toes here a little bit. Do you think, what do you think is a great beginner bike? Now, I think a 390 is a great beginner bike, but that is your bike. And so I don't want to make you feel like you have to step it up. Um, but but what do you think of that? Um, I definitely think that a, so I mean, I made a whole video on TikTok about beginner bikes, but I definitely think like a Ninja 400, mm-hmm. um, a Yamaha R3, those are really good beginner bikes because they're lightweight. They're usually pretty affordable. I mean, I think, I mean, like my bike, I think was around 4,000, I think when I, when we got it. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty affordable for, I mean, if you yeah. want a BMW S 1000 double R, you're looking at like $22,000. So I'm like, the price range is all over the place with bikes. So I definitely think, I mean, I get a lot of hate for saying that low CC bikes are better for beginners, but it is something I stand by because I've seen people whiskey throttle and it could be life. It could kill you. You could accidentally wheelie and hit your head. If you're not wearing gear, like it's, it's dangerous. And so I do, I still stand by low CC bikes being good for beginners, not Mm -hmm. only for that, but because they're cheaper, um, they're significantly lighter than some of these bigger bikes. So, I mean, cause if you, if you drop your bike, you need to be able to pick it up. I'm like, if you can't pick up your own bike, you probably shouldn't be riding it. That's my personal opinion. I'm like, if if you're riding by yourself and you drop your bike, like, what are you going to do? You can't just Mm -hmm. leave it in the middle of the road. You need to pick it up and go. And so I never picked my bike up until I made a video of me actually dropping it. It was really embarrassing, but I was like, I'll post about it. Cause you know, people are scared to show that they make mistakes and that they, they screw stuff up. And I'm like, I don't care. Like I make a lot of mistakes. I've dropped my bike like four times now since I've had it. So I'm not afraid to admit that. But anyway, where I'm going with that is I think Ninja 400, those are the Kawasaki's. They're really good. Yamaha R3. I want to say a KTM 390. 
But if you get one, get a newer model because the amount of issues that I've had with my bike are insane. <laughs> they, the 2015, the 2016 RCs, I don't know if the Dukes are the same. I know nothing about the Dukes other than that they're like the same engine. So I imagine that, I mean, I don't, I think the Dukes came out before the RCs. I'm not a hundred percent sure, did. but I think they came yeah. out a couple years before. Yeah. So I think they had more time to critique those, but for some reason, the 2015 and the 2016 KTM RC390s are a pile of shit. <laughs> like I love I that bike coming. with <laughs> I love that bike with all of my heart. Like I will always love that bike. I never want to get rid of it. Like I want to turn it into a track bike because I think it would be an awesome bike to take out on the track. Um but yeah, it has had a lot of issues. It's had yeah. overheating issues. It's had the throttle position sensors gone yeah. out. The uh, spark plug went out like a couple thousand miles in. Uh, my kickstand fell off twice. What? Uh, my shift lever has fallen off. Yeah, I've had a lot of issues like bolts because the bike vibrates so bad that bolts yeah. really back themselves out. Yeah. And so I've had my, it didn't completely, like neither of these things like completely fell off, but one of the bolts got loose. And so my kickstand would not go up. It was stuck down. And so the bike would start, it, you know, it has that sensor when the kickstand's down, the bike won't start or go mm -hmm. and, you know, we kick it into first, it will just turn off. And so my friend literally had to like jerry rig it and like jam it up so that I could get home because we didn't have any tools with us. <laughs> so I love KTM. I think it's an awesome first bike, but definitely look into like the newer models for sure, because they definitely fixed, like I've talked to people and they've definitely like fixed the overheating issue. Like that's, that's a huge, really common thing. Like my bike is overheated a couple times and it, it shuts off when it overheats. And so you just have to sit there and wait for it to cool off. Like there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. You might be able to put like engine ice or like a different coolant in there that might help. But I think those bikes generally run hot already. So, but I think the newer ones, I don't really know much, but I think the newer ones, they've definitely improved a lot of the issues that the older ones have had. Cause I rode a 2018 Duke 390 when I was in California and it felt completely different from my bike. Like it was smooth. It didn't vibrate you know, the power was the same. Everything was the same. It's just the way it, it was more comfortable because it didn't like my, my bike vibrates so bad that it hurts my feet. If I'm not wearing oh, wow. thick shoes. Yeah. Like it vibrates my feet so bad in my hands. I don't know why it vibrates so much. I don't know if I have no idea. <laughs> um, it's mostly because it's a, it, it's a single cylinder, big bore motor. Um, so it's, that's the reason it, it, it cut. Cause I, I had the, I, mine was the 2017 390, 390 Duke. Um, and I had similar issues. I think that part of it is that was their value bike. Like that's their smallest CC bike. They can sell it for cheap. And like, it doesn't have as much engineering into it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's frame and aesthetics and, and motor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely part of it. Uh, I bought mine for like 3,900 bucks and then the new ones go for six or seven almost. I think like they're the Dukes do. Yeah. They're, they're Dang, okay. Um, so, but I know that's, I know that's part of the issue. I had a, a case bolt rattle out of my bike and I couldn't figure out what it was. Cause it was being held back by the chain guard. It took mm -hmm. me a while to find it. It took me like a couple of weeks to find oh. it. Cause I couldn't figure out what was rattling, but the three nineties do have some ridiculous issues. Um, mine would just cut off. Like it wasn't an over, it did have an over, overheating issue, but it would just cut off. Um, when I was coming down to, uh, like I was slowing down to a stop sign, um, mm. because there was carbon buildup in the intake. And so it couldn't, it couldn't continue enough fuel consistency for it to continue to fire. So it would just Shut stall. Off. 
They just stop. Mm-hmm. So they've had some issues, but no, I think, I think that's really good. Um, this was not my first street bike, obviously, but I bought this one just for fun. You can laugh, but I might hold it against you a little bit. No. Okay. You can just, you can laugh. I had one of those. So Kawasaki has a, a version of the Grom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the Z125 or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah, are um, awesome bikes. <laughs> yeah. So I had one of those and I've been, I'd been riding for a while, but it's the seat height is like 29 inches or something like that. It, like super low. Um, the weight, like the total weight is like 240 or 250 pounds. It's weighs nothing. And it, because it's so much closer to the ground, like your feet can touch the ground. Like I rode that bike in the city. Obviously I didn't ride on the freeway, but I rode it everywhere else, everywhere else. I think that even that could be, as it hurts for me to say this, I could say even that could be a good beginner bike. If you have a problem with equilibrium and like staying balanced, but Mm -hmm. I definitely don't recommend it for necessarily highway riding because you are that small. You are so small and I would only have a lot of power too. Yeah. There, you don't have a lot to get out of the way. Um, but I, I agree with you. Um, I think that you know, having a lower CC bike is better. I think having a higher CC bike just because, um, just to say that you have that bike or to, to you know, the excuse that, you know, you're, you're going to upgrade anyway, isn't the best for a new rider because, because like what you were saying, you don't know the bike yet. Like if, if you haven't been on one, you don't know what it's capable of and all mm-hmm. it takes is the right moment or the right situation for something to happen. Um, and, uh, I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people get carried away with like, I don't want to look silly because I'm on a small CC mm-hmm. bike, but yeah, I mean, you have that 390 and you seem to love it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, I know some people, um, I was actually going to like recommend some pages for people to follow because I'm like, I, I follow so many great people on social media and people that like inspire me and encourage me. Um, if you have them, let's, let's, let's do that at the end. Yeah. 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 I had a list somewhere, but, but no, I follow some pages that you know, encourage people to ride small CC bikes the same way I do. Like, like my friend, he literally, he's in Utah. He has a, I think it's a Ninja 400, I want to say, but mm-hmm. he takes it on the track and he literally will be passing le- like leader bikes. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's so much power behind small CC bikes and people, people always seem to think like, oh, they're not fast enough. And I'm like, I've gotten my RC 390 to 112. And I know that if I was smaller, I'd probably be able to get it even higher, maybe even downhill a little. It might be able to get even faster, <laughs> but but I'm like, that's pretty fast to me. I mean, especially that to someone fast. that's never been on bikes before, like there's no reason you need to be going faster than that. I mean, especially, and even like you mentioned, like the, the Ninja or not the Ninja, but the Kawasaki version of the Grom, like I recommended Grom's, like, I, again, I made that video of like great beginner bikes. Like I literally did research and made a poll of like best beginner bikes from women Ah. all across the country. And a lot of people actually said Groms were their first bikes and they loved it because, you know, they were smaller built. And so they weren't sure if they were able to have enough strength to be able to hold up the bike while it's not moving, you know, because you have to be able to put your feet on the ground. And if you Mm -hmm. can't touch, I mean, if you even tippy toes, like it could be sketchy sometimes, like if a gust of wind, you know, I don't know what that's like, but I'm sure like it makes it harder. For sure. So like. <laughs> I've always known See, what it's I'm, like. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very grateful to be a, a very tall person. But <laughs> All like right, Brie, let's friends. not let's not let's not separate ourselves <laughs> here. Bragging. We're friends. <laughs> you gonna brag about being tall? <laughs> no, yeah, I it's agree. great. I love hitting yeah. my head on stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I definitely think that the Groms are. I mean, I got so much hate for saying a Grom was a good beginner bike, so I know. Like, really? I know how that feels. People are like, that is the stupidest thing you could ever say. And I'm like, I disagree. I mean, and let, you know, it's illegal to take certain, I found out at least in Idaho anyway, you can't take, I think it's like under 300 CCs on the freeway, like on the main think, freeways. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that's true. So you literally couldn't even take your ROM out on the freeway anyway. You wouldn't want to try it. <laughs> like swap the engine or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to anyway, just because of the sheer like small size of it. Mm-hmm. But I think they'd make awesome beginner bikes, honestly. And I think like what you said before, like there's this, there's this stigma around, you know, I have to have a bigger bike, especially with guys. I feel like, and not to separate genders, but I definitely feel like there's, there's more pressure on guys to have bigger bikes. And I think that's complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone should be pressured to get a bike bigger than what they are comfortable with because again, it could be dangerous. Like Mm -hmm. it, it could be too much power for them to handle. And so, you know, men especially i mean even me like i get hate for having a 390 because people are like that's not a real bike that's a scooter like and i always joke around saying it's my moped or whatever but i'm like i'm like it's not scooters don't go 112 i'm sorry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm like i'm like you can't take a scooter out on a racetrack like rc390s are race bikes like literally when you start the bike it says ready to race so i'm yeah. like it's literally designed for racing and, and people take their 400 their ninjas their r3s like they take them out on the track and they do awesome and like they're amazing bikes around twisties because they're so light and mm-hmm. they're so easy to corner like and people are always worried about like growing out of bikes and all that stuff but i've had this bike i mean i've been riding it for a year and i i don't think that i've outgrown it at all like i definitely want a bigger bike just for like not even a bigger bike but a different bike because of the issues that i've had with my bike but like i've rode an r3 and i've rode you know, uh, the 390 Duke and I rode the Jixxer 750. Like I've rode bigger bikes before and I have no problem with the power, but that's because I understand the throttle control. Mm-hmm. Like for new riders, if you don't understand, like I can never accidentally wheelie my 390. Like I don't, I'm sure it's possible to wheelie a 390. I've never tried it. Maybe you have, <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's less of a risk of injuring yourself that way on a smaller bike. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like in the U S because everywhere else, like I have followers, like I have a big (laughs) following in in India for some reason. I don't, I think it's because KTMs are really popular over there, but so many people over there have three nineties or even KTM two hundreds. Like so many people have those bikes. It's like weird to have a bigger bike. And so Mm -hmm. when I make videos saying like, Oh, leader bike, people are making fun of people with 300, 400 CC bikes. People from other countries are like, that's weird. It's literally only in the U S that people, it's like an ego thing. Like I have to America. Have a bike. Yeah. Like I got a big truck. It's like that. Like I got a big bike, you know, <laughs> I'm like, who cares about your bike size? <laughs> a bike is a bike, man. Like if I can ride my 390 with a bunch of badass Harley chicks and none of them are going to judge me. Yeah. It's literally the only, only people that say your bike's not a real bike are not real riders. In my opinion, yeah. like if you are going to hate on people for having a different bike than you and not having the same size bike as you, you are not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, that's no. honestly how I feel. Well, I, I think the male ego definitely has a problem. Um, I think that men feel 
really good about themselves when they when they have a certain power under control. Mm-hmm. I, I have a problem with that because most men don't have control of themselves well enough, let alone a motorcycle. But I, I get the idea because I always was a car guy. I was always a motorcycle guy. And, you know, the, the thing was to have the badge, the, have the badge that says, you know, this thing. So to me, it's like, um, I kind of want that 1290 just because just because what an obnoxious machine um that 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 1290 duke r is oh my god but i'm not gonna pay 20 grand for it but you know it's (laughs) just it's just like any 1000 cc bike really it's it's like so that you can say that you ride the biggest bike but at that point it's there's so much there's so much motor there if you're not riding on track then you're going 150 on the freeway all the time and there's so much there that is useless that i think the male ego can't get past sometimes um because i think a, a 600 is a, is a great mid-sized bike that will do anything and everything that you want it to i think mm-hmm. that there's a lot tied to um uh things that are obnoxiously overpowerful like think about guys with any sort of muscle car any sort of car at all any sort of machine that puts out obnoxious amounts of power uh, it's just, it's enticing. I get it, but it doesn't mean that you should be able to shame people for, for what they prefer or what is actually going to keep them safe. And in a way, it almost seems like you're saying like, and I would say the same thing. It's like, you're, you're safer with something that you know, you're capable of, of handling, not just because mm-hmm. it has a badge on it and you can, you know, ride up to a party that says, you know, that, that shows everybody how big a bike you ride. Like, I don't want to ride a, ride a Hayabusa. I have no desire. Actually, it's pretty ugly. But <laughs> they're so big. They're so obnoxious. Like obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. I noticed huge. that video too of of you get of I think you I don't know what bike you were riding. You were riding a naked bike, but you like popped your head up, <laughs> like talking about how how difficult it wind. is to yeah because yeah. the, there's nothing that's gonna go over you. It goes straight into you. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the things for sure on my on my I have to tuck pretty tight to my tank on my 790 to go down the freeway and it feel okay yeah it feels so dumb tucking on a naked bike (laughs) i just feel like such an idiot but my friend she's like trust me trust me and it helped like full tuck oh yeah (laughs) going 70 down the freeway i'm like this feels so stupid it does feel kind of because you're not in the right position you're not actually already in a forward position yeah you're like really high up so to feel it just feels like you're just bending over yeah i really felt like (laughs) i was trying to like edge yeah it felt real weird but i mean it helps for sure so the um so now that you have this thing, like you have a hundred thousand followers, that's kind of a big deal. To me, it's a big deal. I think it's amazing. I think it's so cool. And you've built it so quick. Um, I know you're in school and everything. I'm not telling you to drop your job, but what do you what do you want to do with this thing? I know you want to inspire people, but like you've got um you've got brand outreach. Um, I don't I don't know what the background stuff is on all this other stuff, but um, do you have do you have future plans with this thing? You know, I honestly suck at planning things in the future. Um, my dream would be to just not really a dream, but like, I mean, I have a lot of dreams. I have like a midlife crisis every other Tuesday about what I want to do with my life. But I think (laughs) that I would love to be able to continue what I'm doing now, you know, like make stupid little videos in my garage, like stupid Uh skits with the Rick and Morty sound, like the stupid stuff like that, that is funny. Yet it's also like encouraging and like almost educational in a way. Like I think, especially nowadays, I feel like people 
retain information better from like short videos. Like that's why TikTok and and Instagram reels and Facebook reels and YouTube shorts, like that's why they do so well is because our attention spans are so much shorter now. Yeah, I think that's like a weird evolutionary trait that I'm learning about. But um, I, I would love to just continue to encourage people to try riding motorcycles. Like I don't want people to feel like they have to, like, I don't want to be the reason people are like, Oh, I, I want to look cool. So I'm going to ride a bike, even though I don't want to ride a bike. Like, that's not what I want. I want people that are scared to start riding to be able to step out of the comfort zone enough to be able to try something new. I'm not saying do it unsafely because a lot of people, there are people out there that probably shouldn't be riding. Like just, I mean, like, you know, in Ratatouille where they say everyone can cook, like, (laughs) I kind of feel that way about writing in a way. I mean, obviously there's some physical and mental barriers that, you know, are in the way and that's that you don't really have much control over. But for the majority of people, I feel like they can't, if they want to ride and if they want to learn how to ride, they have every opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. They just need to work for it. Like you need to save up money. Like it's not, it's not cheap. You're not going to get free bikes and free gear and all that stuff. So you definitely need to work for what you want, but if you want it bad enough, you can get it. And so I just, I guess I want to continue to inspire people to do those kinds of things and like give them tips and tricks. Like, I think it'd be fun to, to like make a video of me, like, like starting the bike and stopping the bike. Like, I don't know how I'd make a video like that. And I've kind of thought about those things before, like making like training. I believe in you. Yeah. I, I always, I always have a lot of ideas for what kind of videos I want and I never actually execute them. Like I literally make lists of video ideas and I do like a quarter of them because it just takes <laughs> it's so much work and, and I don't really have anyone to take videos for me. Like all of the videos that I have online, I've taken almost all of them. I've taken with my tripod, like my, almost all my photos, my videos, all of it, I do mm-hmm. completely by myself. And so I take a lot of pride in the videos that I make, even the stupid ones <laughs> that get a lot of hate. I'm like, I love that video. I love it. But no, so I, I want to continue doing that because it makes me happy. And I don't think that I'll ever get to a point. I mean, you never know, but I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I could like quit my job and do social media full time. I, I don't know how people do that. Like I do have sponsors, I guess sponsors. I don't know if that's really what you'd call them, but like I work with companies like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I advertise for them, I guess. I mean, Vivalochi is probably my favorite one because, you know, she's a good friend of mine, the owner of it. But, but like I met her through social media. So I'm like, I've just been given so many opportunities doing this that I don't want to stop anytime soon, but I don't know how much farther I could go. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I could take it any farther. I mean, I know people that like have wrote like they have books and blogs and, and stuff like that. And I don't know if I really want to do that. Like, I just like making the videos, like the videos are fun. And I love seeing the reaction people have. And like the questions that people like, I love when people message me asking me questions about like, where do I start? Like, I love that. And I try to respond to as many as I can. It's so hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's just me. And like, I'm always at work or I'm always at school. And so like, I'm so busy all the time, but I guess I just want to continue doing what I'm already doing. I guess to answer your question, like no, no, I, I, keep coming up with new ideas and inspire um, people. I, I think that is great. I think that um, I think that sometimes we get a little worried when we can't define something. I I do. I do. Like if I call myself a writer and a podcaster, what does that mean to anybody else? It, it almost seems like I can't be confident in saying that because it's wasn't it wasn't a real job 20 years ago or, you know, mm-hmm. it's 
it's it's not easily defined. So I think people get scared of that kind of stuff. But um, I think what you said, the key to that was you want to do what you love. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't have to define that. Maybe, you know, the, the, the influence that you're giving and then the feedback that you're getting and, you know, the, um, the positive vibes you're getting back from people and like the questions that you're help that you're able to help answer about riding bikes and influencing people to, to want to do something like this. I think that is important regardless of what the definition is. Like you don't have that many people follow you for nothing, obviously. So maybe you don't need to, maybe it is exactly what you want it to be. And maybe it only defines itself when you're ready or it just, it is what it is. Um, I, I think it's great, but it's, it's part of the reason that I wanted to talk to you because, um, because it's real for you, because it's authentic for you. I don't see anything fake about your social media. Um, and, and I love that. And I, I like talking to people that are there, the most authentic selves that they can be in a world of mostly superficial shit. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to and even... And I've had a lot of comments like that too. People are like, I follow you because you're like a legit biker. I mean, like everyone that rides a bike is a is a biker. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like I take pride in being 100% myself, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part on social media. Like I want to be that person that are like, oh, she's like a normal girl. She's not like this like super sexy hot model, but she's also not like kind of a weirdo. Like I'm- it doesn't seem I'm so like, far out of reach, right? Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm a legit, I'm literally just a normal person that makes videos because I think they're funny and it's fun. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's literally my story. I'm like, I'm not a racer. I'm not, you know, like a celebrity or anything. Like I'm literally just a normal person. And eh, I like, kind of, <laughs> kind of what? <laughs> a little bit of a celebrity. You're getting up. There. Oh heck no. Oh my gosh. Not even close. I'm like, <laughs> people are like, you're Insta famous. And I'm like, heck no, not until I'm verified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I think it's a good thing that I don't really see myself. I mean, I need to give myself more credit because like I have worked my ass off for this. Like I have, I have literally posted a reel pretty much almost every single day since November of last year. And so, I mean, it's slowed down a lot now since I'm working and I don't really have a lot of time to make videos, which actually sucks. (laughs) Like I, I miss making videos. Like I miss sitting in my living room, getting ideas, writing down ideas and just doing it like just making mm. videos taking eight thousand takes of me talking to myself <laughs> in my camera like i love that it's like a yeah. zen thing like it's not stressful it's so much fun and i don't know i just and i think the reason it's so fun is or be, i think the reason i like it is because it's so much fun and and it it's easy like it's not easy but it is in a way like it's easy for me mm-hmm. to to make those videos like it's it might take me a couple tries because i'm like ew what do i look like that you know but yeah, I guess. I don't know. None of this is related to anything at all. I'm going off track here a lot. It's, it's, it's human related. It's, it's very, regardless of what we do, um, they all kind of hold, uh, the same types of values and, uh, what's regardless of their perspective of anything, like there, there's a set of values and, and passions and, um, uh, what's the word intentions that, that life has, regardless of, of the work that you do, you know, that, that are, that make you the most authentic person that make you in love with what you do. So motorcycles are not, you know, it's, you share that stuff with other people and, you know, you bring it from, from your best self and your most authentic self. Um, so that's like, no, it's perfect. I mean, that's, that's what people need to hear, I think. So, well, if, 
you wanted people to to have something to pay attention to. What do you think is going to be uh, most beneficial? So influencers, types of habits and actions, you know, whether it's regarded to motorcycles or not, whether it's, you know, if it's just has anything to do with people following their passion, what do you think is most important? What, what, what can people look to coming from you, Bri? Um, I think when you're looking to do something or if you're just, you know, kind of looking at yourself, you need to figure out if what you're putting your energy into is important to you. You know, I mean, are you putting your energy into the right people? Are you putting your energy into the right job? I mean, you know, we all have responsibilities. We all maybe have to do a job that we don't necessarily love, but like in the end, like you need to do what's going to be best for you. And that might sound selfish, but I feel like if you can determine what's best for you, it, it kind of gives out this energy that brings better people into your life. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense, like you need to just figure out what you're putting your energy into and determine if that makes you happy, continue doing it, whether or not people agree with it. Like, I mean, in motorcycles, like I've had people reach out and they're like, I can't learn to ride because my family disapproves. I'm like, who the fuck cares about your family? Like I'm over here, like who cares? Like they aren't going to determine what makes you happy or what doesn't like the reason they don't like it is because it's dangerous and it's different. And that's why they don't like it. But if it's something that's genuinely going to change your life and make you happy, you need to do it regardless. Mm -hmm. Like you might lose friends. You might, you might make people mad. And I've lost, I mean, I've lost friends even just doing social media. Like it's, it's weird because people like, I've had people that are like, that is so stupid. Like you're cringy, you're embarrassing. And like all this stuff. I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, I really don't give a shit. That's why, (laughs) that's why it's so easy for me to make videos. (laughs) Literally it's the whole thing. But so yeah, I think you need to figure out what you're putting your energy into. And if you're putting it into the right things that are going to make your life better (laughs) are the things you need to look at that because putting your energy into the wrong people or the wrong things can hold you back from finding out like your full potential. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you did say you had some influencers that maybe some new writers would want to follow maybe. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I don't know. You might have to like type it out. I don't know how I but... will put them in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So Kawasaki, so it's like Kawasaki, but it's Zach. Um, <laughs> okay. he, he's the one from Utah. He has a Ninja 400. He is amazing. He is just as real as I am. Um, he is the one that encourages people to, not have such a bad attitude and image of small CC bikes. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he's been, I don't know how long he's been riding, but he's been riding. He's not a new rider by any means, but he still has that bike and he doesn't really care if he upgrades or not. So I think that he's a good person to look at if you want someone to like encourage you to ride a small bike, because like, that's how we found each other on social media was because we both were yeah, kind of had the same idea with small bikes. Oh, yeah. So he's awesome. Um, another one is, uh, it's like Bren Lewis. She's one of the first or Louise, I'm probably saying it wrong, <laughs> but Sorry. she is a Canadian motor moto girl. And she is one of the first people that I followed on social media when I, I mean, cause she was the one that, you know, posted that video that I posted my first reel based off of hers. And so I feel like she was a huge inspiration for me. And she actually just recently started her own women's motorcycle gear company. Um, yeah, she's a badass <laughs> to say the least. She's amazing. And she's got the kindest, sweetest heart. She's so smart. Um, she's a moto girl. She does vlogging. So I definitely think she's a really good one for people to follow um, for like the moto girl industry. Um, and then 
yeah, those are like my biggest two that I think have inspired me the most. Um, another person that I followed way at the beginning was it's like Aya LOL. What is what her, her Instagram name is. I don't know it looks, yeah, it's like, it's like AYA LOL. And then W U T. Okay. So she, she does modeling. She's in Utah, I think as well. So I'm like, all these people are so close to me that I've like never met them, but she does modeling, but she actually has taught people how to ride before. Like she, I don't know if she does it like officially or if people pay her to do it. I'm not really sure, but I've just seen, I've kind of stalked her a couple of times on Instagram because I'm like <laughs> a fangirl. Like I love her. <laughs> She's like the coolest person ever, but yeah, she does modeling. She does writing. Um, and she, she definitely tries to encourage people to start writing as well. So we definitely have like the same mindset with things like that. So I think those would be like my top three, like you need to follow them because they are the bomb. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anything else that um, they think is super important for anybody that's, I get worried about people that, that are kind of lost. You know, I want people to live with intention. Um, I know it's not easy to find, um, but intention and passion and like what you were saying before is like what you do, not because somebody else validates it for you but because you legitimately like it like if you can't do something and tell somebody to fuck off legitimately um and it makes you feel good to do that so that you can continue to do what you do i think it's important so do you have any last words for anybody that's that um maybe would feel a little lost that maybe doesn't really know what they're doing that's kind of doubting uh path or or um you know unsure of their journey Hmm. that's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really deep <laughs> question, man. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> You're very intense with the questions. <laughs> um, no, but I think, man, that is, yeah, that's a hard one. I guess, can you say that like a shorter version of that question so I can think of it in my brain again? Because I had it and then I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, what can you... Is there anything that you would give somebody that would help them live their life more intentionally and passionately? Um, I guess kind of what I said before and kind of what you said too, like you need to be able to say no and you need to be able to have boundaries. I think that's a huge thing that prevents people from being completely, completely themselves and completely who they want to be because, you know, we kind of conform to the way people want us to be and we kind of you know, we want to be liked. We want to have people by our sides, but if those people are preventing you from being who you want to be, tell them to fuck off. <laughs> like they, they're not You're good so for wrong. you. But I just, I'm like, <laughs> I get so mad when people tell me, Oh, my husband won't let me ride or, Oh, my family won't let me ride. And I'm like, who are they to tell you what you can or can't do? Like that is the thing with free will is we are able to do what we want to do we should be able to do it. I mean, safely, like, don't, don't go become an ax murderer because it's something you want to do. Like, I'm not saying yeah. do that, but like, like with writing, I'm like, huh, it's a sport. Like yeah. just try it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or like, you know, if you don't want to go to college, don't fucking go to college, go do something else. If you want to pursue a career in social media, go for it. Like just know that it's going to take work and it's going to take, there's going to be losses and it's going to be hard and you're going to want to quit probably at some point. <laughs> But if it's something that you, yeah, (laughs) if it's something that you really want to do, you need to push past that and just continue pursuing it because that's the only way that you're going to succeed at doing Mm -hmm. something is pushing past the haters, pushing past the fear and just doing it because it's what you want to do. 
no, I, I completely. Um, that's that's perfect way to end this. Um, I think people really need to to make sure that they <sighs> live it with, I don't know, a desire for something rather than you know a desire to fit in, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, Bree, where does everybody find you? And what are all your plugs? Are you, is there anything that uh, that you want people to know that's going on right now? Um, well, I'm pretty boring. Um, I do yeah. have something coming up soon that Ooh. I have not shared on social media yet. It's not oh a big goodness. deal. It's is a big deal exclusive? of me. <laughs> kind of. Um, my close friends know about it. So, okay. but like, I haven't, I haven't shared it yet. And I'm like, I'm nervous because I feel like it goes against some of the stuff that I've talked about but not really because it's for me. So like I said, like I do most stuff for myself because mm-hmm. I'm selfish, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so my plugs, I mean, it's Brie underscore rides underscore that's like TikTok and Instagram. Um, that's all I have. I don't have YouTube. I've had people ask me if I could start a YouTube, but I don't really, I haven't found the time or the, the energy to do something like that. So I haven't done it yet. It would be cool though, to do like moto vlogging, but like, I kind of already do that like online, like I just, you know, I I feel like I do that when I post videos of me writing. So, but we'll see if I end up wanting to do longer videos at some point, if people would actually watch a longer video of me, great. If not, I'll just continue doing the shorts, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So those are my tags or my handles or whatever. Um, what else was I going to say? Always wear a helmet. Yes. (laughs) That's like my big thing. I'm like, there's so much controversy with gear and i'm like i don't care what you wear wear your flip-flops wear your bikini but wear a fucking helmet dude at least <laughs> please come on like i it's not a law here in idaho but i'm like you can live without your arms you can live without your legs but you can't live without your your head so yeah. just do that but if you don't want to i mean it's your life you do you but yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna take anything from me wear a helmet yes <laughs> Got down to the core also, there. Yeah. Um, also, another thing um, to answer, like I, a lot of people ask me, like, how do I find other writers in my area? Um, check Facebook. Facebook groups are like a big place to find people. Like I said earlier, like social media is a is a big thing now, and it's a big part of everyone's lives. And so I think just look up like Pocatello Writing Group or Boise, you know, motorcycles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like your your city or state riding motorcycles and you'll find something you'll find something there's there's motorcycles in pretty much any area i feel like i mean unless you live yeah. in like driggs or something there might not be very many, but <laughs> that's like a tiny town here in idaho if anyone doesn't know <laughs> but there's probably six people that live there um but yeah you definitely can find other people to ride with if that's if that's going to help you learn to ride if that's going to help encourage you to learn to ride is other people writing because that facebook is a great i mean facebook instagram tiktok like they're great places to find other people that ride so no yeah totally i agree but yeah i think that's all i got hell yeah (laughs) free that was great uh um so thank you everybody for joining us um this is the rebel man podcast i was here with brie i'm your host zach um Bree, thank you for being here again. I appreciate it. Been thank fantastic. you for having me. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Sorry about my uh, rambling. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Everybody out there, stay strong and stay rebel-minded. This is your host, Zach.
Hey guys, I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.